Okay, guys, as promised, here's part two, Dojo Dojo, only on Conversations with Chris. Person, you understand right, what I'm saying? Right. Be the one who actually puts the dojo and makes it infamous. Sure. It's not about me, it's about the place. Exactly. You know what I mean? And the people who go in there. Exactly. That's what we're trying to, and I'm, and I'm glad that that's what we're being able to, that's always been the most important thing to me, has been not so much what we have in there, because we're not going to be able to compete with the big company gyms and all of that stuff, or the big corporate gyms, but what you feel in there and what you leave feeling in there is like I gotta come back I can't you know like I, I love being in that place there's no I, I don't know if you know there's no clocks anywhere because nah, I like it. time doesn't exist there right you know what I mean and that's a place like I said it's Japanese inspired but it's not Japanese it's just a place in your mind mm-hmm. you know and it's, it's just about the philosophy and I think with this guy Flex on the side he's been able to um like just kind of feels that missing that missing puzzle piece, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Behind it, and he gets it so much, man. And I feel like it, it, it feels good. It feels good to have somebody at least to take some of the weight off because it's almost an impossible task. That's probably been one of the biggest things we thought we could do so much ourselves sometimes, and yeah. it's because you don't put any limits on yourself. But sometimes you know there's, but it's taking a lot of work, and that's what I want the place to convey, and I want it to be that, and, and it has to be that mentality. I like that mentality where you're talking about the forgotten. Um, so like you remember in Troy. When Achilles' mom tells him she can see the future, and she says, "If, if you stay here, you'll have kids. You'll be happy. You'll have a wife, and your kids will remember you, and your grandkids will remember you. But then the world will forget you after that. But if you go to he goes, if you go to Troy, you'll be remembered forever, but you won't come back. <laughs> exactly. And what does Achilles choose? <laughs> he goes to Troy. Yep. Because that was what was most important was legacy. Yep. You know, and I think that's a, that's really cool. Like. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be on the forgotten. But it's a cool concept, right? So now we got to figure out what we're gonna do to make ourselves memorable. What do you? And so to me, it's a. When I taught, I didn't. When I became a teacher, I didn't want to be a teacher. I was enjoying. I enjoyed my own practice. I enjoyed working out. I enjoyed what I did. But I didn't want to teach yoga. Plus, nobody I knew made a career out of yoga. You know what I mean? So it wasn't like a viable option for me. So when I decided to teach yoga. First of all, I was told that it was selfish of me not to teach because of the fact that if nobody taught, then I wouldn't have learned. And so I was like, damn, all right. So that takes that off the table, right? But then second, when I chose to teach, I also had to accept the fact that I was leaving a quarter million dollar a year job that I hated to go make. I think the first year I made $6,000 in the, in the year. But I was the happiest I'd ever been. I was changing people's lives. I was making a difference in the earth. I was making a difference in people. I had packed out classes, people coming to see, to see and be a part of what I was doing. Heard the, heard the word, had to be there, crushed it. And you know what? That felt way better than making all that money. So then it was like, well, now I have to accept that I'm just going to be broke forever. All right, I'm good with that. And then you know what's funny after that? I was never broke. <laughs> like all my opportunities blew up, grew into, grew into more opportunities, grew into bigger paychecks, grew into more popularity, and all of it was out of self-preservation to maintain my body and my neck because of a head injury and a neck injury that I suffered in the military, and I didn't want to take drugs, and I didn't want to have surgery, and I'm supposed to be in a wheelchair. 16 years ago, they told me that. Today, I sit here and tell you guys can tell I move real well, and I'm doing everything I can. Now, is it difficult? Yeah, it's difficult. Does your body hurt? Yeah. When you're 46 years old, it's not easy to get out of bed every day and make myself do stuff. But learning that balance between things uh, has helped me out a lot. But when I became a teacher, I was really proud of my accomplishments as a 
athlete, I guess you'd say. Um, but man, to teach someone and give someone a handstand that's always wanted to have a handstand, never could get a handstand, to teach one person and to watch their eyes, that was better than anything I ever did. And then two, and then three, and then 10, and then 20, and then 50. And before I know it, I have people all around me doing what I love to do because I showed them how to do it. And I was like, wow, this is way better than anything I did in this world. So I understand completely what you're talking about. And I totally agree. Creating something like what you're creating with the dojo is the solution because that can live on forever. That will live on forever. And you never know whose life's come in that you're going to change that's going to turn into someone, come become someone to do something, you know what I mean? And it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to go on to be the number one ninja warrior. But let's say that we train inner city kids yeah. that have no parents, no dads, whatever. And we get with the boys' shelter or whatever and run those kids through there once a week. You don't think that that's going to change some lives? And then not for nothing, you don't think the media is going to want to tell that story? And then not for nothing, when we teach breath training, focus training, and meditation, in addition to what you guys are teaching, which I'll teach you guys how to teach so that you teach it, you don't think the media is going to get involved in that? And then on top of that, when the media does get involved in that, what are they going to do? They're going to advertise and promote your gym. What are you guys going to already have in place? Children's training sessions. Is your kids struggling with, bam, this is where you bring them. Government grants, money will be handed to you guys to do the things you need to do and to take care of the city the way it needs to be taken care of. And that's why you guys are where you are in the city. And the city is hard, man. And the city takes people like you guys that can earn people's respect right away when they walk in the door. Because otherwise, inner city kids aren't going to go in there. You've got to be able to grab their attention in the way that you guys do, which I think is amazing. But also, you guys are comfortable enough that the girls will come too. And like I said, we get Tara to come up there and do a, work, a class once a week or just be there on a Tuesday night. Call it ladies night. Mm -hmm. And she, no dudes in the gym. No She's got the chicks. They can come up and ask her questions. Bam. Ladies start to kick off their own league. Next thing you know, they're going to want two nights a week. Next thing you know, they're going to be because once you take the guys out of it, yeah. and not forever, because they'll start to put themselves back into the play. Right. But give them that first chance to get comfortable with stuff. And since you have someone that does it anyway and knows how to do it and is you know certified and all that, and can teach the breath work and the focus work like we talked about, well, now we're talking about building programs. Now we're talking about filling that place up. And you guys are going to be so busy, you're not going to know what to do with yourselves because that's Wait. what happened with me. It happened, man. If I'm telling you, you get to a point where you'll train eight people straight every day and then teach classes in the morning, classes in the evening. And before you know it, Six months feels like six years. <laughs> it's a lot of work like, this whole because you got to like every every client is a new all your energy. You have to give them everything you got, and so it, it's it, you know. So I always advise people start creating disciples, create people who can create what you know, because otherwise, you know. And Zig Ziglar said it best, and so did uh, what's the Apple guy's name? Um, Steve, Jobs. Steve Jobs. Yeah, he he's, he wasn't ever the smartest guy in the room. He said, if you're the smartest guy in the room, you're in the wrong room. He goes, you should be surrounded by smarter people because that's going to move you up. That's going to make you better. That's going to put you in a better place. Seek, seek the competition. Yes, dude. Bring the people in that can make you better. Bring the people in. That's what, that's what you want around you because my famous saying is you are the collective sum of the five closest people in your life.
So when you sit down and make a list of the five closest people you have in your life, positive traits, not so positive traits, that's who you are as a human being. Now, if you recognize somebody has a lot of not positive traits, you may want to replace that person and always look to trade up. It's like baseball cards or fantasy football, right? You're always looking to trade up. If you find a better deal, find a better deal. It's nothing personal. You're still friends. They just aren't in the top five anymore, right? Right. That's all. It's not a big thing. But, heck, just trying to get five friends is hard. Right. Right? Especially if you don't count family. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, well, I don't know. One of the, uh, I lost two of my best friends, one of two COVID uh, during the COVID time. And I lost them both in a six-month period. Man, it was like, this was just, what, two years ago. And it was the most devastating thing to me because both these guys are big, strong, amazing, tough guys. Uh, who I had been friends with for a very long time and always looked at them as being like indestructible alphas, just like me. And then all of a sudden they both die in a six-month period. And I was like, what's going on? You know, like that doesn't happen to people. And now it's just me. And I was like, so I was making jokes about it, like, hey, I'm not taking any applications for new friends. If you want to be my friend, we're going to take out a life insurance policy on you because it's a prerequisite for me right now. Plus, I can't emotionally invest in anyone else because I don't want to lose anybody else. So I was like, it might be the most dangerous job in the world to be my friend, which isolated me away from that, right? What we was talking about in my podcast yesterday is that when you isolate and sometimes you step away from everybody, it's what they call cocooning. And cocooning, if you don't know how the butterfly caterpillar story works, when the butterfly is in the cocoon, in order for the butterfly to get the wings strong enough to be able to fly, the butterfly has to fight to get out of the cocoon. So if you go over and open the cocoon for them, butterfly will fall and die because the wings never got a chance to get stronger. So when you're cocooning and you step away from everything and everyone, that's where you get stronger. Maybe not physically stronger. Some people don't lift or work out during that time. But this, a mental and emotional control of yourself and that internal look is what happens. And when you do that, physical strength to me is subjective, but can easily be adjusted massively by the mind. So you can do 60 pull-ups. But how many can you do if your hero is standing in front of you on one side, your girl's on the other side, and you're being videoed from behind, and you got that adrenaline kick that comes from just, uh, I bet you do 100. So how many do you really can you really do? Well, the answer is, that depends. <laughs> that really depends on what's going on in the situation. Now, how can you tap into that same muchness that you want to do 100? When you're not in this position like I just described. And that's what meditation does for your focus. That's what it does for your mind. So I realized that if I can create a program for people to understand this, to collectively grab, and you're a Bruce Lee fan, so you understand all the metaphors, right? Be like water. Uh, and it's true. Like if we can just allow ourselves to just keep flowing, just keep flowing, right? Just keep flowing, then it's always going to be good. But as soon as you try and start fighting things, is when things go south. So it's important, you know, creating the right mental program in addition to the physical program you're creating is going to separate what you guys are doing, what we're now doing, to, from everybody else. And you're going to become huge because of it. So 
I don't know how you feel about being that huge, but sounds pretty good, right? I mean, we've only known each other for like what twenty minutes, and we're like already, you know, redesigning, rebuilding. Yeah. Uh, man, and just, it, it just, and it's crazy that you say. I feel like also like your vibe attracts your tribe, like they say. 100%. And it's true. Like, if as long as you just keep focusing on what you're doing, and you, Dave talked about it last night. He said, if you have a dream, like believe that dream. Like, there's people who are in your dream, and then sometimes you have to be humble enough to understand when you're part of somebody else's dream. Yeah. All right. So he's saying. I dreamt this when I was 14 years old. I dreamt this very moment, and here I am. Like, here I am. And he says, hold on. He, that's basically what he left the show on. Um, and he said, just hold on to that dream and really fight for that dream. Like, just be stubborn with that dream and b understand the, the, the moving parts of that dream are not always about you. You know what I yeah. mean? But just keep focused on that. And I feel like that's what happens. Like, you just start kind of, like attracting these other energies that are on the same like kind of you know when you really put your heart like that's that's been my thing like i would love to get more into that because i feel like if i had the same discipline i have with the dojo and and athletics and all that, that everywhere else in my life i'd be i'd be set exactly but not everything makes me feel as alive as exactly. being in there sweating falling you know what i mean yep. and competing yep. is mostly about the competing and the camaraderie to me right. you know like i love camaraderie i love being around people who are like also about this you know what i mean and also have that same mentality to take on the obstacles and they just there's no quitting them I like, like hanging with the dogs is what it is for you know, sure so. no and it's something that we'll definitely work on a matter of fact i can show you guys exactly what you're talking about so the and this is a big thing i do um with balance balance is my big focus my big everything my company is the balance studio balance teacher training balance program balance everything i do is called balance so uh actually conversations with chris is the first thing i've done that isn't balance related produced by balance, produced by balance studio <laughs> productions my production company so i guess it's still tied in right but um yeah so what you're talking about too that is different from the way that you've been practicing your stuff which has been perfect you're doing it right but what they teach in yoga and what we learn in yoga is in the stillness is where the discomfort comes and because you really aren't pre and you just said to me i when i'm moving when i'm fast when i'm sweaty when i'm working when i'm hot i feel all those things i want to be in it well, how do we create that same feeling, that same frame of mind, that same when you're still? And I can show you how to do that. So that's kind of cool. That's right? all about, man. Just, just keep learning. learning. Just yeah, exactly. Learn right? And that's <laughs> what that place is, is we're trying to learn everything. And again, you, so you set your own limitations, but the place itself has no limitations as far as what you can do and what you can learn. Well, here's, here's what I'm going to tell you. Be careful what you wish for. Because <laughs> this is going to come with some costs like we talked about earlier. When there, when you ask for patience, the universe doesn't give you patience. It gives you the opportunity to be patient. And so I swear you'll be like, yo, I want to become more patient. And you'll walk out of here. You'll kick your pinky toe on that little cabinet right there as hard as you can. Then you'll bonk your head on the door on the way out. It won't open all the way. You'll walk outside. You'll get some rain. And you're, you know what I mean? It's like, and you know, all of a sudden your blood, and you're, you're like, what is happening? Oh, I asked for patience. I asked for, I asked for the opportunity to be patient. Now here I'm being given this opportunity, and I'm not taking it. You see what I'm saying? So we don't understand what's happening to us in our own lives, which is why people are so lost and frustrated, because they don't understand what's happening. But once you start to understand it, now you're going to really be tested. So this is really where you got to start going. And this is where your brotherhood, the fact that you have each other, is what's going to make you guys successful. Because neither of you could do this by yourself. And in anything I'm going to get involved in is going to get big. You're not going to be able to do it by yourself either. <laughs> she does everything for me. She makes, you know, she makes every, she makes me look good. The rest, you know, the, the, it, uh, yeah. 
I have I have good ideas, but uh, they would never happen if one for her. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you always need that. yeah, and that's so it's important. But also building yourself that right team, which you you know you already have that that event ran so smoothly, and from somebody who throws events, it was good, really good, especially in eight days. You know, we we built a 500 person festival and took us six months, six months. That's still fast to throw a 500 person festival, but same thing, same time hustle. Same type of, you know, everything. So what you guys did was great. I think it's amazing. And I think the uh, the dojo for sure is going to live on for more than three generations and won't be forgotten. I think that's going to happen for sure. And you guys only have one job. Make sure that happens. Put in the work. Make sure that happens. There is no quit. There is no give up. There is no, that's not even, none of that's on the table. You have one job, and that job is to make sure that that dojo succeeds and becomes everything it's supposed to ever be. And... It's going to be challenging because that's why it's going to be worth it. Anything that's not challenging, we don't appreciate. Somebody hands you the keys to a Porsche. You might have fun in it. You're going to enjoy it, right? But you're not going to appreciate it. Not if you, not like if you had to go out and wash cars and save your money for 15 years and then buy it. That's appreciation. That's the stuff your parents told you about when you were a kid right. that you didn't understand. Right. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to admit my parents were right, but, you know, they were right. <laughs> you've, been, you've been doing your training thing from the garage for how long now? Oh, shoot. I've been doing it since 2017. I moved back. I was living in California. Yeah, Tara told us that she uh, came out to your garage and uh, showed off some pull-ups or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's like. It was when all the gyms closed down. Yeah, so you were the one. I was scared, and I was like, yo, come to my garage. Come here. <laughs> yeah, like, point saying, it was people coming from Orlando. Oh, yeah. And it was getting that workout. Because yeah. everything, it was no weights. <laughs> <laughs> all body weight, yeah. all calisthenic. Nope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was yeah. dope, man. Um, well, I've been training at the gym. And Point Siena, like I said, if you don't if you don't know what Point Siena is literally in Kadaho land. Like it wasn't it, even it, on it the takes, map till it recently. Takes, it, takes 30, <laughs> it takes thirty-five to forty-five minutes to get out of Point Siena. Okay. Just because traffic. Where is so, it? What Poland, side of town is oh, it yeah. on? It's um It's near us. It's near Kissimmee, but like way back. out. Champions Gate. <laughs> oh, Champions oh, Gate, got it. Okay. That's like Lakeland. Yeah, yeah. So like I've been working, I've been training in my garage for for that minute for since like it's 2017, and I didn't want to work for a gym because I learned how to build a brand from one of my best friends, Blake. He passed away, RIP, and he taught me how to build a brand from the ground up. Always wear your brand on you. Always, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that was my mentor, and I was like, man, everything I learned in Cali, I'm about to come home and do it. So I started in the garage training and. Because I'm back home, a lot of people support it, but like was definitely seen the the grind. And um, yeah. I've been, I think I topped off in Point Siena. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. In order There's time me, to go yeah, somewhere else. And yeah, go. yeah. And like I said, I've been wanting to go to Orlando. My dream is to be in Orlando. I am in Orlando now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's crazy. But I've been trying to get to Orlando for years. Like it's just hard. You know, to live in downtown Orlando and yeah. train at a gym. And randomly out of the blue, my friend was like, yo, I know a guy who got a gym in Orlando and he's looking for somebody to like help like build it up. And I was like, no way. Perfect. Met, yeah. Met Meg and told me his story about how he built it. And I was like, man, this is all I needed, bro. And like 
ever since. Like I said, two months. Two and months. I already, I already got, I'm already on my fourth client, and I got more people ready to go and yeah. did that first event, event yeah. an event, and like we're ready for the next event. And oh yeah, you need to make that a monthly to, thing. Yeah, it should 100%. be every month. Like, trying to build a vibe because like people were scared to come to the event because it was like, oh, it's made, it's probably like a whole. You got to be super athletic. Well, people was like a lot of people saying, oh, I got to train for it. But and we like tried I, so hard to, to like promote it otherwise, yeah, right? Yeah, to yeah. be like this makes it's, it, and we just it's more of a vibe. Yeah. And then like um, and like we was glad that it came out the way it came out because we got a lot of content and it showed like anybody can come. Yeah. Well, the, the kid, like the I said, my kids, yeah, yeah oh, so, my kids will come do any of the kind. Of, we can do some photo shoots in there right. with them and do some model stuff that'll promote. You know what I mean? Like, and they're happy to come do that. They would feel honored, awesome. and I'll take the photos. And so that way, and she'll edit it all up, so you'll end up with like amazing professional high resolution images that you can use. Because awesome. you know, I mean, there's so many different markets, and we'll talk about all the different business ideas. And I mean, I'll coach you guys on exactly what to do to get where you want to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, it, it was a phenomenal success. You guys did a great job. It was organized well. It was kept to a nice energy. I know what you're talking about as far as getting people in there. I was a, a MMA fighter, a part of an MMA gym for many years, and it was. It was difficult to get my guy friends to come in into the gym, right? Because everybody's like, man, I don't know, man, I'm going to get punched in the face yeah. on the first day, you know? And it's like, and you know, dude, first of all, do you really think someone's going to punch you in the face on the first day at a gym? Right. No. Second of all, is it really that big of a deal to get punched in the face one time? You know what I mean? But it's like people are nervous. Doesn't come close to how nervous a man gets when you ask him to yoga. Yeah. Come to yoga with me. I'll take a no. punch in the face, well, can, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> See what I mean? Like, I can, I can look, here's, here's what's so funny about that. I ask people all the time. They're like, dude, you know, you're always surrounded by all these beautiful women. And you're always, he's like, what's it like to teach yoga? And you know, all these hot chicks in yoga pants. I like, well, first of all, they need to stop crop dusting me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, what? I'm like, <laughs> the things that people don't think about. Yeah. They don't right. show yeah. that in a picture, right? Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it's just one of those things that's it's got to be a part of the, the nature of what you do. And you have to get people to agree to it, which if anyone feels like they're going to be embarrassed, right. then that's what keeps them from yeah. coming. And so and guys are like, thing. that's the worst. I always tell people, if that's what keeps you from trying something, you're already losing. Yeah. Well, like, but just, that's the thing. That fear is what's standing in the way of right, them being yeah. successful. Right. And it's getting them through that fear. So we got a program. We're going to teach them how to do that. We're going to get you through your fear. We're going to do an onboarding course. I'm going to show you guys what to do to take a new person who's never done it before and give them a certain number of private lessons in addition to their package so that they get one-on-one instruction in your facility before they ever step foot in the facility. And then if it's a girl, they come on ladies' night. Then if it's a child, they come during the children's times. Do you see what I'm saying? So we're going to create a program of you guys making them feel comfortable with the facility and with how to behave and how to act and where to use chalk and what to grab. And that way they know. So now they're not just walking in like, uh, you know what I mean? Because that was really what I had to do with people was literally hold their hand. But what's what we do from the beginning? Like we have a for the intro class, I offer everybody who comes in their intro class, right? Yeah. And I take them from the basic steps, from stretching to how to just land, to how to fall on the mat. To yeah. I take them step by step by step, and I always help because people always say that. And I used to have a lot of women right, like I want to try, but I don't want to look stupid. That was always the yeah. comment, and I was like, we start you from zero. I was like I'm, I know the highlights and the stuff we're posting are otherwise, but I was like you don't go, you don't see. 
on the trailer of the movie where they're talking, you see the explosion part of it, but that's right. not everything that's going on in the movie. There's right. way more simple parts to that, you know? I was like, we take you, I was like, not everybody start. Everybody starts from zero here. Yeah. Everybody starts from zero. You're not gonna look stupid, and that's one thing that we've always been trying to push, but I literally take people from the hand, especially for the first, like, three days that they're there at least at the very least you know and anytime and we already offer that almost like that comes with your membership and nice. they're like i'm there i'm working with you every chance you just have to come up to me and be like hey listen, and we're going to be working together same thing everybody's a coach everybody's a teacher like you said earlier make sure you have people that are learning what you teach exactly. so they can teach it the same way and it carries exactly. on and that's how we are in there like everybody teaches from there like we know what it took for us to get this and get this part and what it to do this like even the most simple stuff there's guys in there you've seen them Guys that look athletic, they can do a lot of stuff, but you put them to do the rings, which looks super simple, <laughs> yeah. and they can't do it. No, no, and yeah. they can't do it, right. Too much power. They don't have the right technique. And it's like, you see, like, everybody, and I always tell them, if we weren't in there looking stupid, too, we wouldn't bother with mats. I was like, we wouldn't bother with mats. We just, you know, we would do it every time. Exactly. Like, there's a reason there's mats everywhere. Right. We're that's constantly right. falling. That's the know? whole point. Right. <laughs> that's what we're doing. Right. We can skip three rings. We'll be fine. Let's yeah. just go for that yeah, fourth one right, down there. Right. And again, and you say, but it really is the important part is the, I always tell people the falling in because you got to get up and do it again. Yeah. Right. So when you fall, that's when you're really going to find out because if you could do all of this in one shot, awesome. But maybe that one fall is going to change your mind completely and you'll be afraid of everything ever again. Oh, uh, again, you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. So, so I always try to make them comfortable with the falling, especially the falling. Like, you got to get used to this because this is going to happen a lot. And you got to expect this a lot if you're going to want to do these things. You That's know right. what I mean? And also, you know, you may have completed the entire course, but was it fast enough? There's other ways to There's do it. There's always numbers, yeah. you know what I mean? Or how could you have done it more efficiently or effectively? How could you have utilized less muscle or more less energy and more muscle? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's a number of different ways to break down the entire situation. I mean, man, I'll just change it on them. And exactly, like, switch it, it up. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you can switch it up. Just so move I mean, that yeah. peg one move. spot. Now they can't ever get hey, to it. Is that? <laughs> yep, it's higher. Mm -hmm. Go for it. Yeah, Go you got it. it. You yeah. got this. No, yeah. that's great, though. That's what it is. I mean, because, you know, you got to constantly keep varying the style. But also teaching people how to get stronger for certain obstacles. Right. You know, like, what can I do at home to be able to make sure that I can do the rope climb? Yeah. Uh, I don't have a rope at home. You see what I'm saying? You're like, oh, well, I got you. Grab you a towel. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and show and them how to. Strap. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. And these are the types of little online videos that you guys could start making now that we'd be able to put out on YouTube right. that you could promote through social media to get people who are nervous to come some information on how they can get stronger to be bit, feel more ready to show up. That'll take, because what your big obstacle is, it's the same thing it is for me. I'm always trying to get dudes into yoga. Good God, you would think. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm always like this too. I'm like, yo, you guys will hang out outside the yoga studio at the gym just to catch a glimpse of the girls leaving the yoga studio. But you don't want to come in the actual yoga studio with me? And they're like, nah, dude, I, I ain't going in there. I ain't going in there. And I'm like, but you don't, you don't know why? Why? Because, first of all, in the gym, man, everybody is scared to fail, which is crazy. And, I try, like, I train a lot of clients, and the biggest thing is them, like, they think they're doing it wrong when they're tired. Like, they, they'll do, like, they, I'll tell them to do 10 push-ups, and they, they stop at 7. They're like, oh, man, it's okay. Just keep on going. The thing sure. about working out, you can never do no wrong. No, exactly. So, like, that's the thing, that's <laughs> this thing with, but people don't know that. Yeah. Like people who's like fresh out working out, never worked out, or never played a sport in their life. Well, and here, I'll, I'll even prove your point. Watch this. What's up? Do either one of you care whether or not a guy is good at yoga, or would you just love to see a guy participate? 
Every girl that I've ever talked to, every girl in my yoga studio, I stand in front of classes that are 60 gorgeous women deep. Mm-hmm. No dudes. And I go, who in here would just love for any man to come in and roll his mat out and do yoga? Yeah. And these girls are like, right here, right here. I'm looking for him. They, they, you don't, yeah. I mean, you can be the worst in the world at yoga. Mm-hmm. Show up, roll your mat out. Don't be creepy. Do yoga. That, that, that part's important. Don't that part's be, important. Yeah, yeah, let me think. Like, public service announcement. Public service Don't be creepy, that. okay? You keep your eyes down till you get to your spot. Yeah, Roll yeah. your mat out. Take clothes off. Get on your mat. Don't look around and stretch and do what the teacher says. You will leave there with seven to ten phone numbers every single class you go to because women find it so attractive that you've got the balls. To walk in and know that you aren't going to be good and do it anyway. And this advice is, on the podcast. Bro, I'm, giving, I'm hooking you guys up. You don't game, even know, bro. All you got to do is show up to yoga and yeah. you're already one. It's the easiest thing you've ever done in your life. I tell you what, it's like, it's uh, it's hilarious because I wasn't always good at yoga. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, there was a long period where I couldn't touch my knees. You know what I mean? Like, And that's really one of the things that I was like, I want to touch my toes. I want to be able to just touch my toes. And believe it or not, that was like a, a pie-in-the-sky dream for me. Now, I could still bench 300 pounds, but I still was like, I don't know, touch my toes. So, like, that seemed so far away. You know, now I can put my hands on the ground, pick my feet up off the ground, because that's yeah. how much mobility I have. But at one point, it was just this crazy idea. But because of the fact that it became something of a, I got to do this. Like, and like I said, this is where you're, you're, you guys having each other. Cause there's not going to be, there's going to be days you're not going to feel like doing it. There's going to be days you're not going to feel like doing it. There's going to be days you're going to get burned out, but you guys have to keep each other motivated and keep each other on point. Because what happens is you only get one first, one chance to make a first impression. And what you guys are doing, you got to get past that fear that everyone has of looking stupid, getting hurt, whatever it is. Right. And, I think you're going to be able to do that. I think we've got some great ideas. I think I've got some guy. I know you guys are already doing stuff. We're going to get the feedback from the females too, because the females got a lot of good insight also. And then we're going to put it all together and we're going to make something that's going to get people past it because people do love to watch it. And I think people do love to participate in it. They're just not sure. Right. You know? And so what I'm hearing right now is that we've got the same problem that I have with yoga and guys. All right, so how do we come up with training videos to show people that they can do at home that's going to make them feel better? And that's what I had to basically do for, for guys was basically create something that was broken down to ABC. Okay, here we go. This is how basic I want you to keep it. Once I did that, it was fine. You know what I mean? Heck, offering somebody, a guy, how to behave in a yoga studio. Like, where do you get them at? What's a block for? Why do you have a strap? what you know what i mean like the things that you don't know that if you knew you'd feel so much better about yourself walking around in there mm-hmm. so i had to start i was like hey we've got to start teaching everyone especially the guys and i mean yeah yeah, yeah. yoga etiquette right and so when they started coming to my class and if i teach guys come because they're like yes i finally got an excuse to go where i cannot be embarrassed like i know i know the guy i know the, the man you know and they're like so now i get to be around the women and i know the guy yeah, you know it's like it's like being with the dj right, 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 right. <laughs> i'm with the dj yeah, yeah but they do come to my classes so i get four or five six seven but the cool thing is tara then taught and i'd say hey 
now that you've been here a few times, take her class. Whereas they wouldn't walk in and take her class because, you know, she's doing these splits and these straddles and, the, you know, and you, you, know, I ain't, you, gotta be, you lost your damn mind. I ain't taking that class. Yeah. But after they understood what I was teaching them, they felt comfortable in the studio space. They loved her class because they'd rather look at her, not me. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. They, they're, they may be there to learn yoga, but they're still there to see girls, okay? And that's just the way it is. So... I was just facilitating that opportunity. <laughs> but she was my teacher at my studio, so it still benefited me. Now, I don't have to teach. She got more students win. Plus, they're getting what they want. They get to go see a hot yoga teacher and be found hot girls, you know. And, that's, and I, I lure dudes in with that all the time. So we got to figure out what we can do to lure people in a Ninja Warrior to get them past their fears. And these little contests are going to get bigger and bigger every month if you do them. Keep doing them. Keep promoting them. We'll help you guys with marketing and promotions for that stuff. What you guys did was great, though. I loved your videos. I loved the way you did it. In eight days, it was fantastic. But if we did it thirty every 30 days on the 30th of every month or whatever, pick a day and make that day your right thing. And then whenever that is, just think six months from now, how organized, structured, packed, the line of people that will sign up. It'll be sold out every time for every competition. She's going to need at least 10 more helpers. We need Russ next. I'm, I'm not trying to rough and host at the same time. No. So, I, I, but, I mean, I'll come host. I'll come host from the mic. But we'll set me upstairs. I have work, but I have fun. Yeah, but we'll set me upstairs, and I'll, I'll host from the mic, and I'll talk while people are, are in between. Yeah, that way you can do what you need to do. You can do what you need to do. You can do what you need to do. But if we need people to listen to me, they listen to me. And if I need something to talk about, trust me. I could talk for fucking ever. I, I feel like this was like exactly what you were saying. That's what we were saying. We're trying to do it the last week of every month, the Flex Champ. There you go. Flex Champ Fit. Fit Club, yeah. Fit Club. And then Once in between, a month. we want to do another little, like, ninja, another similar, but, like, just more ninja. And we want to do it in the... Yeah, yeah. I would suggest to separating the two. Yeah. So yeah, not yeah. doing them both the same yeah. night. Yeah. Like, have a back-to-back -back nights on yeah. a weekend mm -hmm. where it's, like, you know, the Fit Challenge and then the, the Ninja War. Now, they can still do the ninja stuff, yeah. but also, like... Right. You know, vice versa, but also yeah. like separating it because I'm gonna tell you right now, three months from now, it's gonna be way backed, oh, especially yeah. as it cools off. More people know who you are, people start telling their friends they won these medals, they start posting them. We incentivize them to post them on social media and tag people in them. Mm -hmm. We give them reason, you know what I'm saying? We offer discounts to people who bring somebody to the gym that night, give them half price on their uh freaking competition fees brain's already going we got this no, gonna be we're gonna make sure to god's ears brother <laughs> well let's wrap it up since we uh you got some more you want to talk about since you got here late um, you want to tell us more about you tell us more about you give okay. us your background your story all that kind of stuff mic. we'll edit it okay okay we'll edit I'm you ready. in okay i'll take a smoke break yeah you've been on the mic for a minute you're, you're, you're excused <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, give us your backstory. Tell us all about you, where you come from. I mean, we know a little bit, but we need to know it all now. Know it all? Okay. This is that, like, after-dark session right here. We're going to take it into the after <laughs> We want to hear the stop. man with the abs. We want to hear who's, the scales, the rafters. I wonder what that guy does. <laughs> Tell us about you. I got you. I got you. Well, all right. We, I guess we'll start how I got to Point Siena. Got to Point Siena in 2000. My mom, um, single mother, raised three, three boys on her own. But, um, from Cali, right? Not from Cali. From New York. New York. From the Bronx. From the Bronx. Boogie down. You okay. Feel me? So 20 years in New York. Um, no. So 
No, you said 20 years in New York? Yeah, how long? No, I was a, I moved in New, from New York when I was four years old. Oh, okay. So moved you to Jacksonville. Were... Jacksonville. And then, like, I did, like, kindergarten, first, second grade there. And then um, we moved to Point Siena. And that was, that was, uh, that's what changed my life, honestly. So, well, Jacksonville messed you all up. It, it, it was crazy, man. I, mean, we, <laughs> I, I mean, lived look, there for a decade. It's that crazy, place man. Is wild. We, lived, we was living in the projects, man. Look, Jack- lit, we had no family. Do you ever see the Cat Williams special he did about Jacksonville? Uh-uh. He's like, the whole United States. You go to any city in the United States, you look on a map, and people go, don't go here. <laughs> he goes, not in Jacksonville. He goes, you can make a left turn and be like, nope, not in the right city. I don't need gas that bad. <laughs> He's like, there's hoods all over Jacksonville. It, it <laughs> is. It is. But honestly, believe it or not, it kind of made me into the sport athlete I am today. Really? Yeah, well, when I was in high school and stuff. Where, so, like, when my, like I said, we was living in um, Jacksonville. My mom was taking us, taking care of us, taking care of us by herself because my dad had went to jail when I was four years old. Okay. Right? And, he, and like, when my dad went to jail, he went to New York. And mom was stuck by herself, and my auntie bought a house for us in Point Siena, first house. And that's when my mom raised us in 2000 all the way up. And it was a blessing for my auntie. Like, if it wasn't to my auntie, like, I don't know where we'd be at right now. Sure. And so how I got into fitness, which is crazy. My dad got into fitness crazy in jail. So when we would visit him, he was jacked. Yo, <laughs> dude was so ripped. I knew, till this day, I don't think no one was more ripped than my dad, bro. Real talk. Look, didn't and, that show you, though, like even turning something into it's a negative into a positive? Look how much effect his taking care of himself where he was at had right. on you. You know what man, I mean? He, like, he understands. To that's the only, day, it's inspirational. Man, you know? it's it, like, it's crazy. Like, so, for so he would teach me these things like keeping your core tight, breathing behind the muscle. I was doing this as like at seven years old. And he was telling me incorporate incorporate that into your training. It's called inverse inverse abdominal training breathing. You know, yeah. y'all know you heard yeah. that. Oh, you, yeah. You, yeah. So like I was doing, I, I do this with my training. I teach my clients this, and me learning this at a young age, I always look different than everybody. I played football. I was always more like you know this aesthetically, this way more rep because the stuff my dad taught me. I was doing push up, pull ups, and dips, and how I was doing it is like how people do it in jail. They do it in a line. <laughs> I'm about to how my dad do it. So we do the push ups and how they do it in the yard. And you do your push up, the next person will go in line, mm-hmm. and like they they keep it going. You can't go. You, that's how the motion going. Once you can't go no more, you out the, you out the, you know, the yard because you're slowing everybody up. <laughs> so the, how I train, I will incorporate this with my my sport training. Yeah. And bro, I was just I, I I created this this I've been doing this routine since I was 10 years old, and I still do it to this day. Incorporating calisthenics with weight training, and I feel like I got the blueprint. Honestly, bro, like I feel like I can change any if if you follow the regiment, it's Perfect. It's perfect. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I don't even know how I got to that. So It's balance. That's what you're looking for. So, anyway, so let's go back. So, Point Siena. Point Siena. And so, I like, my, my auntie got us a house out there. I started playing football. Football was the sport I played. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody thought I was going to be in the NFL. But in high school, I ended up breaking my – fracturing my C1 vertebrae. Mm. Lost all my scholarships. Track, everything, right? So – this is the first, it was the last practice of the summer, so I didn't even get to play my senior year, mm. right? So dreams literally, Done. like I thought it was I was over. I remember when the, they took me to the hospital. Um, there was like, mainly you ain't gonna be able to play a sport again. My mom, my mom just hysterically crying, running out the the room. We got a might we might have to put a halo on you, 
and it was like you might not be able to walk and i was like no i'm not doing no halo they gave me, <laughs> yeah, exactly. gave me a, they gave me a neck brace and i left the hospital with a neck brace <laughs> and didn't um and this made it i guess i just we just held it with just the neck brace and i ended up running track that year for my track um my, my doctor's note and got a track scholarship nice. right so I'm, i went tracking um lake wells um at a christian college but still, it wasn't my sport. Football was my sport. And my friend in California, he was like, yo, come to Cali. You can go to a JC, junior college, and easily go D1. That's what we're doing. That's what all the Florida guys are doing out here. We're going to Cali, and they're taking over. So I was like, all right, bet. I'm going to California. I told my mom. My mom was like, I don't want you to play football no more, but if you got to do it, we're going to do a physical out here. I had a lump under my arm my senior year. It was um, it would come and go. My mom was like, I want you to get that check before you go to Cali. So I was like, okay, whatever. Two weeks before I go to Cali, they say, yo, we want to do a biopsy at the physical. We want to do a biopsy, whatever. I was like, okay, cool. I do the biopsy. They said I had lymphoma, non-Hodgkin lymphoma, right? They took it out. I'm like, okay, I'm cancer-free. I go to Cal. I went to, I'm with, I, left, I still left to California, did the whole summer football. And my mom was like, you, like she called me like in the summer, you know what I'm saying? My auntie was living out in San Francisco. And she was like, you have to do a follow-up. My, your auntie's gonna pick you up from your college and take you to San Francisco and do follow up. So, mind you, like I said, I did the whole summer football. I'm finally getting back into football. It's been two years because I broke my neck, then I ran track. So, finally, I'm playing the sport that I've been wanting want to do my whole life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. At yeah. least I can get a D1 scholarship to get my college paid for it. Right? Yeah, exactly. Do that's something. How, that's how good I was. So, Sudgy. And um, so I get the, I get the follow up. And we in San Francisco, they say, um, you have to um, do chemotherapy and yeah, you got to do chemotherapy for a year. And I was like, I just got here for football. Am I, am I going to still be able to play football? And he was like, um, yeah, I mean, they say you can, you can try. And I was like, and then, then I would start, a little weak. It started going to my head. I was like, chemotherapy. I said, isn't this, your, your hair get bald? I had an afro. I had like, I was like the legit, like the stereotype for a place with the braids. Nice. Hanging. You know what I'm yeah, saying? So yeah. I was like, what? You don't, my hair's going to fall out? It's like, yeah, it technically is. So I, before I, the braids um, 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 came off, I got like a super mohawk, like um, Roscoe Dash. You remember Took Roscoe it up Dash? big, yeah. Yeah, yeah I had yeah. the crazy mohawk before I flew out. But anyways, so I was like, man, I'm still going to play football. I came all the way from Florida to play football. And I tried to do football the first um, treatment, and I felt really tired. Yeah. And I was like. Yeah, you think? Yeah, it was crazy, bro. <laughs> crazy, right? So I was like, dang, man, I can't They're play football. They're you full of carcinogens right? all was, day. Bro, like... I felt like it was just tired. I just felt tired. But I worked out every day. That's impressive. And working out every day made me feel like, you know that, how the feeling, how you feel after a workout? You feel good. That's how I felt. Like, so me going through the chemo, I didn't even feel the chemo a little bit. Cause I was feeling good working out every single day, and I was like, if I can work out during this time, I know when I beat it, I'm gonna be, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be the, the jackets do whatever. Kick, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So like, so I, I finally, finally, I did the chemo for a whole year, and my friends was like, man, you should get into bodybuilding. So I did bodybuilding for like two, three years, won some shows and stuff, which was cool. But like that's what that wasn't something I really wanted to do. Like, like you know, forever. You know what I'm saying? You gotta be like. On steroids, I'm not really on steroids and shit, so I don't really don't care for oh, it. That's a full time yeah. job. Yeah, yeah, full time. I can't do it. Right? I suck at taking medicine, so I'm not gonna do it. You're like, I don't want to take the aspirin. Right? Yeah, so, can you so, get children's? Can right. I get chewable? <laughs> Give me a flip stones. You're so crazy. People can't believe you're natural. I'm like, dude, he's not. And they're like, there's no 
way. Oh, I can tell. He's natural. Yeah. Like, you don't. You don't. People who don't go don't to the gym. You don't know. <laughs> That's the thing. But it's even, even regardless. Like you're just so aesthetically like just. But it's it's, it's the it's the routine. Right. But they don't they don't believe it. They don't well, believe it. A lot of times you know what I've learned is that people think anybody who's got a strong fit body yeah. is on steroids. Yeah. Which or the, yeah or they or they got genetics, genetics. Yeah. yeah I hear that all the time I too that. I like <laughs> yeah. that's a whole other story I like tell genetics you that's sort of like white privilege I was like, I was so, raised so, so. In, I was raised in the hood on welfare with food stamps and no and didn't have to pay for my lunch at school what part of that was white privilege right. <laughs> like I'm missing the I'm pissed now too I want to know why I didn't get the white privilege I thought that was should be, we got everybody right what happened to mine I missed it so yeah it's uh yeah. I get it, but you look natural to me. I know appreciate a lot of guys on steroids. And you're not one of them. Appreciate it. And if you are, kudos that's to you a, too, bro. Yeah, keep, <laughs> keep going what you're doing. Cause, ones, huh? I mean, you know, as you get older, you got to produce testosterone from somewhere because right. it's like what 26 is the age of which. I'm starting to feel. It's man, when, I can't it's work out no more when that men long. that have uh, that's when we lose our testosterone. So that when we died at 30, it wasn't a problem. But now that we're living to be 80 and 85 years old, that's why so many people are doing testosterone replacement therapy, TRT. That's a big thing right now because guys in their 40s and getting into their 50s and 60s, are, their bodies are fading, but only because they don't have testosterone, which can be subsidized, you know. Right. Now, it's not bodybuilding testosterone, you know, they're not mm -hmm. doing 17 cc's of 9,000 different things in their mm -hmm. arms and legs. But, you know, but it's still something to be able to help boost the testosterone to keep the energies going because our bodies only keep working as long as we keep moving them. Hmm. They have to keep moving. If they stop, that's aging. Mm -hmm. And so you let your body age by not moving it. Because if you watch yogis, they're hundreds of years old. 101, 110. So good. One hand balancing. Oh, yeah. Centurion, huh? You're going to be in the blue zones. You got to do a lot of things right to make it to 100. Yeah. And you got to have the universe on your side. Yeah, yeah, you know, I've got that. I know all about that stuff too. So yeah, keep going, man. Tell us some more, because it sounds like already you've overcome like craziness. So what was that? You don't do surgery with bodybuilding. Yeah. Well, so I finally, I finally gave up the football and got into bodybuilding, and I was building like building my brand, Flex Champ. I was I built Flex Champ means overcoming obstacles through fitness, which I overcame cancer through my fitness, and I feel like anybody can be a Flex Champ. Yeah. Anybody can overcome an obstacle through fitness. And fitness, you know what I'm saying? Mental, mentally, mentally or physically. You yeah, know, you 100%. can use fitness. Everybody got a story with fitness. So, like, I was building this, I started building this brand to, honestly, I was trying to be like Lance Armstrong, live strong. You know, his, you, you know, his brand. Like, you know what I'm saying? I feel like I can be the story, the story, this, the people that can just, like, be inspired by my story and like, how I look. And that's what I was going for. So, I started training clients. And helping them, helping them, you know, reach their fitness goals, and that's that's where I'm at today. You know, I'm back at the crib, Orlando. <laughs> you know, it feels good to be home. Been home for like six years now, so I guess I can't say that no more. But, <laughs> but you know, it feels good to be home. You know, <laughs> had a lot of things to do here too. You know, I mean, that's a crazy cool story. I mean, what a what a great uh, and a great outlook to have. You know, to be able to face cancer. At any level, on any age, is hard. But to be able to do it and still try to go play football and still keep yourself in a positive mentality. And even when you talk about it, you talked about it in terms of when I beat this. You didn't say if. Mm -hmm. You said when. 
that right there shows me that that's the kind of person you are. That there was no stopping you. There isn't going to be any stopping you. You figured it out. You know that the power of who you are is in the words that you speak. That's why they're called spells. And saying if creates doubt in the universe. That right there by itself will kill any dream, anything that you've ever wanted in the world. I will, when I do, that creates success. Because the universe is only going to do what it is that you tell it to do. Right. It's just a manifestation of our words and our thoughts. So how we think and how we speak is what our lives become. Now, the trick to that is, is everybody's like, well, I want a million dollars. Okay, you're stupid, first of all. Second of all, that's not how it works. Third, doesn't mean you're not going to get it just means not right now you don't get to like call it's you know replace the universe with god right god i want this well guess what this isn't a drive-through god's not going to give you what you want just because you want it right but the act of wanting something in and of itself is not healthy because you're just going to get more wanting so you never want things by wanting it you're not going to get it but by saying i will i am these are the things that will create the success that you're looking for you just have to understand that a lot of times right now you don't know what's best for you. And I tell this story of the Chinese farmer, which is not my story. I'm going to give you a shortened version, but uh, we'll close it out with this. Okay, so there's a Chinese farmer and he has a horse. One day the horse escapes from the pen, runs away and it gets lost and it leaves. And the neighbors come over to the Chinese farmer and they say to the Chinese farmer, man, that's really terrible. I can't believe your horse is gone. What a stroke of bad luck. And the farmer looks at the, the neighbors and goes, maybe. Well, the next day, the horse comes back and brings a whole bunch of other wild horses. They run right into the pen. And now he has a bunch of horses in there. The neighbors come over and they tell the farmer, wow, what a stroke of great luck. That's amazing. Look how many horses you got. That worked out perfectly. And the farmer goes, maybe. So the next day, farmer's kid's out there trying to break one of the horses. And while trying to break one of the horses... He gets hurt and breaks his leg. And the neighbors come over and go, oh, man, your kid broke his leg. That's terrible. What a horrible situation to have to go through. And the farmer goes, maybe. The next day, military come looking for people to join the military. But they turn his kid down because he has a broken leg, so he can't join the military. And they leave him there with his father. The neighbors come over and go, man, what a stroke of good luck. They just left your kid here, and thank goodness for the broken leg. And the farmer goes, maybe and the point of the story is is that we do not know whether or not something that happens in our life is good or bad because we really don't know the ripple effect of what it's going to have and i can tell you firsthand experience some of the things that happened in my life that were some of the worst things to happen to me at that time are now some of the greatest and best things that have ever happened to me in my life you never know so nothing's good or bad healthy or unhealthy Always keep the mindset, maybe. I like that. Thank you guys much. We're going to do a lot of stuff together. You'll definitely be on the show again. We'll definitely be doing some more stuff. Appreciate you both, and we're out. See you.